I want you to take your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you have. If you don't have any of that, I want you to just stand. I want you to just stand. I want you to get something out of what we share today. I heard about an Indian, and the Indian went and heard the preacher. And he came back home, and they asked the Indian, how was the preaching? And the Indian said these words, strong wind, loud thunder, no rain, no rain. And folks, we can't just give strong wind and loud thunder. We've got to give people rain. We've got to give people the Word of God. What you need more than anything else is the Word of God. Some preacher's word's not going to change you. You need the Word of God. The Word of God is what helps us, folks. We worship God just as we have. We worship God, and then we turn to the Word of God. What's church about? It's about worshiping God. Folks, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather sing a song. I'd rather sing a song to him than sing a song to anybody else. Because I thought he's the one we're supposed to be singing to anyway. And we are. We do that. And then we need the word. Look what the Bible says. It says, and Jabez, what a name. What a name. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez because I bear him in sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, all that thou wouldest, God, bless me indeed. God, would you enlarge my coast, that thy hand might be with me, and thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Now get this. And God granted him <laughs> that which he requested. <laughs> and God granted him that which he requested. I want to talk to you about the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez. There was a lady that became a Christian, devout Christian. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. And she uh, lived beside of a, a tavern, a nightclub, a, uh, a bar, however you want to refer to it. But she lived beside it. And she said, God, I just hate living beside this nightclub, this tavern. She said, now, God, I don't want anybody to get hurt. That wouldn't be the prayer of my heart. But she said, Lord, if you would just burn that tavern down. She said, I just, again, I don't want anybody to be hurt, but would you just burn it down, God? And uh, she prayed for about 20 years and nothing happened. And finally, she went to her friend. She read in the Scripture that the Scripture says, if any two agree. And she said to her friend, would you agree with me, and let's pray about this, that that tavern will burn down? Her friend said, yes. They prayed two weeks, two weeks, and that jammy burnt to the ground. Fire trucks in every direction. She was thrilled, but she goes to her friend. She said, I just, that's amazing to me. She said, I have been praying now for 20 years, <laughs> and you pray two weeks and it burns down. What's the difference? And her friend said, I put matches to my prayers. <laughs> now, I'm not recommending, ladies and gentlemen, that we 
put matches to our prayers. But what I am saying, God answers our prayers. God answers our prayers. Now, in the year 2000, Barbara gave me something. She said, I got you something. She said, I got you a book. It's called The Prayer of Jabez. She gave me this book, and I, I, I wrote in it, and uh, if I write you a card, you probably can't, can't read it. I wrote some guy a card the other day, and he took it to the drugstore and got a prescription for Valium. But anyway, <laughs> if I write it, you probably can't read it. But this is what I wrote in this book. I wrote, given to me by my precious wife, Barbara, September the 15th, 2000. She gave me this little book. I read the little book cover to cover, and I've been praying off and on all these years since 2000, the simple prayer, the prayer of Jabez, the prayer that Jabez prayed, and God honored the prayer. Now, let me, let me make four observations, and I'll get into preaching the message. Observation number one is this. Things started out bad. <laughs> Things started out bad. Now, let me explain. Jabez, his name literally means pain. Pain. Can you imagine when that mom's <laughs> introducing her children? She said, this is Johnny. This is Larry. This is Harry. And this is pain. <laughs> this is pain. Now, I don't know. I don't know if he was born breech. I probably think there was a bad experience with the father. I think probably it was a bad experience with the father. But either way, there was pain involved. So he had that name, pain. He had that label, pain. And as I started processing that, I thought about the labels that people get stuck with. The labels, divorced, addict, aborter, loser, bankruptcy, fired, bastard, all kind of labels, fatty, ugly. We get all kind of labels and he had a bad label. But you know what's so encouraging, folks? <laughs> he didn't focus on the past. He didn't focus on the pain. <laughs> Even though he didn't have a good label, <laughs> he said, oh, God bless me. <laughs> and I say to you today, perhaps you have a label, but don't focus on that label. You focus on the promises of God. And God's got a good plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. And you're special to God. And God loves you unconditionally. And God's given you a label. That label is loved. That label is child of God. That label is forgiven. That label is washed in the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for the labels that God gives us. Things started out bad, but I'll tell you something else. He exceeded others' expectations. Now, 
The Bible says he was given the name pain. But it also says he was more honorable than his brethren. You know what that tells me? He exceeded the expectations of his family. Many people are told, you'll never amount to anything. You can't do that. No, no, you don't have the ability. But I want to say something to you, folks. You can exceed the expectations of others. You can exceed the expectations of others because he was more honorable than his brethren. You know, if you're reading 1 Chronicles chapter 4, if one night you can't sleep, just find 1 Chronicles chapter 1 and begin reading, and it will knock you out. I mean, you're just reading genealogies. Over 600 names are mentioned. I mean, it will put you to sleep. But then you get to 1 Chronicles 4. But as I was reading those genealogies, I thought about this guy. I don't know this for sure. I don't know this. But I believe he read his genealogy. You say, well, Brother Benny, the Bible doesn't say he did. doesn't say he didn't, smart aleck. Anyway, I believe he was reading his genealogies. And I believe he read 1 Chronicles 3 and 1. And he said, now these were the sons of David. And you know what he said? I believe he probably said, you know, they gave me the name Pain, but I remember David. I remember my forefather, David. I remember when Samuel went down to Jesse's house to anoint a king. And I remember when Jesse pushed all of his sons out there, all of his sons. But I remember God saying, not a one of these is the one. Is there not another one? And he said, there's a little runt boy. <laughs> He's out in the field keeping the sheep. Listen to me very closely. If you'll be faithful, if you'll be faithful to do what God wants you to do, it's amazing what God will do in your life. Do what you can where you are, and God won't leave you where you are, and he'll increase what you have. Just be faithful right where you're at. He said, there's one more. His name's David. And I've often thought, when others saw a shepherd boy, God saw a king. God saw a king. Here's all I want you to understand something. You can exceed the expectations of those around you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Because when man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on our hearts. I'll tell you the third thing about Jabez. He prayed a one-sentence prayer. <laughs> He just prayed a one-sentence prayer. D.L. Moody said, I never prayed long prayers, but I never went long without prayer. Say, Pastor, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 says, pray continually. How do you pray continually? Does it mean 24-7 you pray? No, no, it doesn't mean that. Here's what it means. It means you're always God conscious. You're always God conscious. That means literally when my assistant says, that person's there to, here to meet with you. You know what I say before the meeting? God, may the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Godly, I don't know what to say. You show me what to say. You show me what to say. I'm constantly in a spirit of prayer. I'm not always on my knees praying, but folks, we can always be in a spirit of prayer. We can always, listen, this morning I was on a treadmill going at it, and while I was on that treadmill going at it, I was praying and I was talking to the Lord. That's what you do. And I want you to see the fourth thing. <laughs> he received results. He received results. The Bible says God granted him what he requested. Now here, let me say four things about the prayer. First of all, folks, his prayer was personal. Look what he said in verse 10. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Folks, that indeed in the Hebrew translation is like five exclamation points. What it means, God, bless my socks off. God, bless my socks off. What I want you to understand, it's okay for you to ask God to bless you. It's okay for you to pray for you. Bless me. There's a book called The Circle Maker. It's by Mark Batterson. It's a great book. It's a great book on prayer. I'm reading the book right now, I think, for about the third or fourth time. As you get older, you can do that. <laughs> he tells a story in the book about a couple by the name of Wayne and Diane. Wayne and Diane had prayed to have a baby. And God allowed them to get pregnant. And they decided they didn't know what the... They didn't want to know what the gender of the baby would be. So they just prayed for the spouse. They started praying for the spouse of the baby. And I've been doing that ever since Savannah Abigail came into our home. God send her a, send her a good, godly husband. That's what I've been praying. Now, so far, as far as I know, God's never created one good enough. <laughs> I remember years ago, she went to the prom. It's kind of her first date, kind of, and the little guy came over to the house. They were going to go to the prom. And I said, before you go, I want to get a picture. And I reached in my pocket for my camera, and I pulled out my 38. I said, oh, wrong pocket. couple started praying. They started praying for the spouse of their child. And they said, God, in October, gave them the name Jessica. And they kept praying. And in December, God gave them the name Timothy. And on May the 5th, 1984, Tim Timothy was born. Timothy was born, and they said 22 years 
later, he married a girl named Jessica. A girl named Jessica. They said, we never told our son about the story until he became engaged. Here's what I want you to understand, folks. I want you to understand this. Your prayer, it's okay to pray a personal prayer. It's okay to say, God, bless me. God, help me. God, I need you to intervene in my situation. Last Sunday, I'm standing there at the door. A young couple comes to the door. The young man is seated here on the front row. They come to the door, and they said, we were on your list. I have a list. God placed it on my heart. It's couples that I'm praying for to have children. What's amazing, folks? Tons of them. The Lord impressed that on me to pray for couples to have children. And they came out the door. And I looked at her belly. But I've learned you never ask that question. It's just funny things happen. The, the, the other day, Barbara and I, Barbara and I, I shouldn't tell this, but the other day, Barbara and I were in the dollar store, and I just wanted to have some fun, and we were walking up the aisle, and uh, we didn't have much, I think, just a, just a little something to get, but we, we were walking up the aisle, and I grabbed one of those pregnancy tests, and I threw it down. <laughs> she, she said, Benny, you're crazy. <laughs> But anyway, this little couple said to me, we were on your list. I said, that's wonderful. And God gave us a baby. I said, that's wonderful. And then they said, but we're pregnant again. I said, that's awesome. And then they started to walk away. And dad's right here. And dad said to me, Take us off that list. <laughs> His prayer was professional. It was not only personal, but I want you to see, folks. His prayer was professional. Look what he said. He said, bless me indeed enlarge my coast. Now, now, why would he say enlarge my coast? Listen to me closely. If he had been an investor, he would have prayed, God, increase my investment portfolio. If he had been a businessman, he would have prayed, God, increase my business. If he'd been an entrepreneur, he'd said, God, Give me more opportunities. If he'd been a salesman, he would have said, God, help me to make sales. I believe, folks, if he'd been a coach, he would have said, God, give me a platform that I might help others. I believe if he'd been a preacher, he would have said, God, 
Help my church to grow. Folks, in 2000, I got this book. 2000, I got this book. And in 2000, I started praying, God, bless me indeed. God, enlarge my coast. I'm talking about, get real, folks. I'm talking about from Milner. From Milner. I tell my staff, I said, right down here, there's a road. There's a road right down here. I said, it's Buck Snort. And I said, let me remind you, we're not in Buckhead, we're in Buck Snort. <laughs> and there is a difference in Buckhead and Buck Snort. And you don't judge a man's success by what he accomplishes in life. You judge a man's success by the obstacles he overcomes to accomplish whatever he accomplishes. That's what the educator Booker T. Washington said. So I started praying, God bless me indeed. Now look, when I started praying that prayer, there's where I was. I was in that church. When I came, that facility was not even finished. When I came, the balcony was not done. The basement was not done. The steeple was not on it. That, that, that was the building I came to. That's the place that I came. When I said when I first came, I sold furniture to supplement my income. I sold my living room suit, my bedroom suit, my dining room suit. <laughs> but Barbara gave me a book, and I was just naive and novice enough to get down on my knees and say, God, here in Milner. Let, let me tell you, the experts came out. I met with the experts, and they said the best thing could happen to you if some churches would close. And if you'll wait for some churches to close, they might merge with you. They might merge with you one day. And if you'll spend the rest of your life here, young man, you can possibly one day have 300 people. If you spend the rest of your life here, oh, let me tell you something, folks. We get more than 300 people in the restroom. Well, So I started praying that prayer. God, would you bless me indeed? Would you enlarge my coast? And look what he did. He did that. <laughs> and, and look what he did. He did that. 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 That's what he did. That's what he did. Now get this down. Some of you are saying to me right now, God, why are you blessing me? You come up real close. Come up real close. I'll tell you why God's blessing you. Luke 12, Luke 12 and verse 48. 
unto whom much is given, much is required. You get this down. When God blesses us, he has more than us in mind. When God blesses us, he has more than us in mind. God didn't bless you. You, you get this down. God didn't bless you just to increase your standard of living. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with possessing things. It's wrong when things possess you. Nothing wrong with possessing things. But listen, you say, God is so interested in increasing my standard of living. Friend, God is so interested in increasing your standard of giving. God blesses Benny Tate so that Benny Tate can turn around and be a blessing. You say, well, Brother Benny, God's blessed me financially. I don't have a clue what it's about. Well, Dumbo, listen to me. God's blessed you so you can sow into the work of the Lord. God's blessed you to help men, women, boys, and girls. Let me tell you something. His prayer was personal. His prayer was professional. But I want you to know something else. His prayer was provisional. His prayer was provisional. Look what he said. God, would you bless me indeed? Enlarge my coast. Keep your good hand upon me. Keep your good hand upon me. You say, Pastor Benny, how do you live? Here's how I live. From God's hand to my mouth. From God's hand to my mouth. More than anything, we need the hand of God on our lives. More than anything. Listen, listen. Every day, every day, young people, listen to me closely. You ought to pray for God's hand to be upon your marriage. Because the devil wants to destroy your marriage. The devil wants to destroy your children. The devil wants to destroy your health. Every day, you ought to pray for God's hand. Think about this. There was a man in the Bible who lost his family. He lost his finances. He lost everything. His name was Job. You said, why, Pastor, did he lose everything? Well, let's look. It tells us. Then the Lord said unto Satan, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth. He's a blameless and upright man, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does, God, does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him? Satan said, God, you've put a hedge of protection around that man. You've put a hedge of protection around that man's family. You've blessed the work of his hands. You know why you're blessed, folks? It's the hand of God. You say, oh, I'm, listen, I work hard. It's God that helps you to get out of bed every morning. God can take it away like that. You know why you've been blessed? Because of God. You've blessed the work of his hands. Let me tell you something, folks. Everything you have, that little healthy baby that's running around, you better thank God for her. Everything you have, everything. I was preaching last night. A little child came up. 
blind. They said, Pastor Benny, she's wanting to meet you so bad. She wants to have her picture made with you. I knelt down by a little blind girl. I couldn't help but thank God I'm blessed. God, I'm blessed. We're grumbly hateful when we ought to be humbly grateful. Act like we've done God a favor by coming to church. It's a privilege to be able to come to God's house. After all the Lord's done for us, after all the Lord's done for us, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. Oh, I got to get back. <laughs> what do you ever do, Pastor? What do you ever do when you forget what you're talking about? Just talk till I remember. All right. <laughs> but now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has. Did you hear what he said? God removed his hand. And when God removed his hand, Job lost everything. Let me tell you something. You ought to pray every day. God bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. But oh God, keep your hand. When you send those babies off to school, you ought to pray, oh God, keep your hand on my baby today. God, keep your hand on my baby. Take care of my baby today. Keep your hand on my baby. My baby's out there driving. God, keep your hand on my baby. My grandchildren, keep your hand on my baby. Oh, God, keep your hand on our family. Let me tell you lastly, his prayer was protectional. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. Keep your good hand upon me. And keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Remember, that's what Jesus taught us to pray. That's what Jesus taught us to pray. When Jesus taught us, lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, let me make three quick observations. I'm almost done. This won't take long. Number one. This prayer is for everyone. Jabez's name, it means pain. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a king. He was just a normal guy. This prayer is for everyone. This prayer is for you. Number two, sin will hinder this prayer. You say, Brother Benny, it's not a magical prayer. If your heart's not right with God, this prayer won't work in your life, and this prayer won't work in my life. According to Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, according to Psalm 66, 18, prayer hinders sin, hinders our prayers. Prayer will keep a man from sin, and sin will keep a man from prayer. Number three, this prayer can transform your life. Here's the prayer. God, bless me indeed. God, enlarge my coast. God, keep your good hand upon me. And God, keep me from evil. This little book, The Prayer of Jabez, 
There's a story in the book about a lady by the name of Mrs. Jones. It's somewhat of a fictitious fable, but there's some truth in it. Mrs. Jones dies and goes to heaven. She gets to heaven and she meets Peter. And she's enjoying the streets of gold. She's enjoying the gates of pearl. She's enjoying the walls of Jasper. She's enjoying the crystal river flowing from the throne of God. But Mrs. Jones looks and she sees a warehouse. And she says, uh, I'd like to go in that warehouse. Peter said, no, it's, you really don't need to. But she's persistent. And she gets to go into the warehouse. And when she gets in the warehouse, there's tons of packages. And they're wrapped up with red bows on them. Tons of them. And she says, what are those? And Peter said, those were the blessings of God. Those were the blessings of God. Those were the blessings that God wants to give out. And then she said, Peter, are there any with my names on them? Peter said, I, I wish you wouldn't ask that. And she said, are there any with my name on them? And Peter starts looking. And he said, oh, yeah, they are. They're here. These were meant for you. She said, Peter, why didn't I get them? Peter said, because you didn't ask for them. He said, Brother Benny, that's not a true story. I don't know. Because James 4 and 2 says, you have not because you ask not. That's what our Lord's brother, his name was James. You know what our Lord's brother said to us? You have not because you asked not. I don't know what you need today. I don't know what you need. But I know the Lord's got it. And I know the Lord's able to meet your need. The Lord's able to give it to you. If you just come and ask Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess 
your sins to him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.